I think sometimes my brain is going quickly and my mouth struggles to catch up, which is then why I make random noises that aren't even words. Diz Runs Radio, episode 1205, starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Gobbledy gobbledy goo. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. At least everybody here in the States. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving as this is coming out on Black Friday. Last Friday of November. Don't look now. But uh, 2023 is drawing to a close sooner rather than later. But before before we get to the last month of the year, before we get through Black Friday and Cyber Monday and Giving Tuesday and whatever, Sunday, 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 all of the days, let's do a little Q&A, shall we? Uh, for those new around here, I feel like I say that every month probably because I do. Uh, this is something that we do every month. Last Friday of every month dedicated to your questions. My answers, usually a fair bit of tomfoolery is also involved. Uh, but we'll get to the questions in just a second. First things first, got to give a shout to Dry Seats. They are once again sponsoring today's episode. and we've got We've got a special deal, special code outside of the normal details. Uh, that is good from from today, from now, from the time this episode drops until Monday night at 11.59 Eastern Standard Time, Greenwich Mean Time, minus five, uh, ending Cyber Monday. We've got a buy one, get one 50% off deal from Dry Seats or, and or, I guess not and or, or 25% off your entire order if you end up getting more than two seat covers. So if you haven't heard me talk about Dry Seats yet, I don't know where the heck you've been. Probably you're new. I, that, that's about the only opportunity that you haven't heard me talk about dry seats yet. But uh, basically, it's it's a seat cover that goes over the seats in your car, and it is awesome. It's it's not something that's a pain in the took us to put on. It's not something that's a pain in the took us to get off. So it's easy to wash. You can throw it in the in the in the laundry machine, which is also known as a washing machine, and uh, you know, super easy to wash. Like I said, take it on, take it off, uh, put it on before you head out for your run, especially if you're going out to the trail, something like that. Keep the funk off of your car seats. Um, it's got a little liner to it as well. So it's not just like a towel, but it's got a little liner to it. So if you spill, you know, if, if you're, if you're like me and you have your, your post run coffee in the car waiting for you when you finish at the trailhead and, uh, maybe somehow you manage to spill it, which I don't know if I've, I, I do know I have done that before. If you manage to spill it, you don't have to worry about it soaking through the towel or any other type of fabric. Cause the dry seat's got you covered there. You know, it keeps, it keeps all the liquid off of your seat. It keeps all the the, the the dry funk off of your seat. Of course, any sweat, any 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 body funk, that's that's not getting on your car seats as well. And you might be like, well, this I only need one. You know, what what's good is this is this buy one get one you know fifty percent off uh, deal. Well, you know, because there might be a run you get, get one for your running friend for Christmas because because he or she could use one. Um, maybe you've got you know kids, high school kids that are driving. Lord knows them and their friends. Not, neither party gives two hoots about the car seat situation. Well, get the, get them a dry seat for Christmas for crying out loud. Keep keep your your kid's car a little bit more funk free. And who knows who knows what kind of teenage funk? Oh, don't let your mind go too crazy on that one. But teenage funk getting on the car seats? No, no, no. Dry seats has got you covered there. So uh, it's a different discount code. It's the same website, different discount code. 
Um, and, and, and so, so pay attention here. If you're in the market for a, a dry seat this holiday season, or, or quite frankly, it's a good gift any time of year, dry-seats.com, same website, dri-seats.com. And the discount code is the letter BFCM. So Black Friday, Cyber Monday, just the initials of that, 23. So again, and, and I've got it here listed as all caps. I'm not sure if the, if the, if the, if the font size, that's not font size, if, if the capitalization matters or not. But capital B, capital F, capital C, capital M, as in Cyber Monday, uh, and the number two, number three. Uh, and, and, of course, we'll have that info in the, the description for today's episode as well to make it easy for you. The link in the, in the blog post will take you directly to, um, a pay, to, to basically, I mean, it'll look like the same website, but it'll take you directly to, or it'll automatically incorporate the code as long as you're getting it between today Black Friday, and the end of day Eastern time, Cyber Monday. So check it out. Thanks to Mike and the crew over at Dry Seats for continuing to sponsor the show. Thanks, y'all, for the support. Additionally, thanks to Baz for jumping on board the Patreon train recently. Thanks for Heather for bumping up her pledge a little bit. Appreciate y'all. Not going to give a a, a long, detailed shout for Patreon today, but if you want to support the show via Patreon, patreon.com slash dizruns. Select a dollar, two, five. Whatever works for you works for me. Uh, but thanks, Baz, for jumping on board. Thanks, Heather, for a little extra boost. Appreciate you both, and, and certainly appreciate everybody who's been on board the old Patreon train in the past, those currently still riding, and uh, hopefully maybe a few more jumping on the, the train as well somewhere in the future, patreon.com slash dizruns. So at long last, let's get to some questions. Let's, we, got, we got a good list of questions today. Not a massive number of questions, but I think we've got some good questions. So we'll dive in. Uh, once again, the best way to get your, your questions submitted, because we do this every month, is to go over to the Facebook group, uh, disruns.com slash Facebook, or just search for the Disruns Tribe next time you're on Facebook. Click to join. We'll let you in. Mid-month, I put out a post that says, what are your questions this month? You put your questions in the comments. Bada boom, bada bam. If you don't do Facebook like my man, Gary Joe, who once again, he, he slipped into my Twitter DMs with a list of questions. You're always welcome to send them to me via social media, via email. I'll do my best to make sure that they get in there. Um... Quite frankly, the reason Gary Joe is always successful is because he waits till about the last minute. Like he just like has it. He has it. He he knows. You know, send a question on Tuesday, the Tuesday of the week of the last Friday, and he probably hasn't recorded it yet, but it's probably a- about to happen. So maybe he won't forget about the questions. That seems to be Gary Joe's method to his madness, and it seems to be working. So if you're not going to be on Facebook, shoot me your questions whenever. But ideally like Monday, Tuesday of the week of the last Friday, which may not always be the last Monday or Tuesday because you know how calendars work. Um, but one way or other, get me your questions and I'll do my best to give you some answers. So starting off with a couple questions from Melody, it's been a, it's been a month or two since Melody's chimed in. So here we go. We'll, we'll, we'll humor her. Uh, first question from Melody. I want to know how you say that so fast. And she like attached a little audio clip of me in, I don't know, last month's Q and a, um, I literally tried to do it and I couldn't, if you could, if you couldn't make it as a coach, were you going to be an auctioneer? <laughs> so now you might say, well, this pain free plus three is one size fits all. No, 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 no. I wasn't even saying words. Melody was just like me going, ah, 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 ah. I mean, if you can't go, ah, 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 I mean, that's on you, you know, like, but, 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 but if you can't, if you can't, if you can't make noises relatively quickly, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe that means you're a higher level species than I am. Um, but I wasn't, I wasn't speaking fast. I was just, I was just grunting basically. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that I have any training to, to, to talking fast. I think sometimes my brain is going quickly and my mouth struggles to catch up, which is then why I make random noises that aren't even words. 
Um, but I do tend to listen to my podcasts that I'm subscribed to on 2x speed. So maybe there's part of it in that because I just I just am used to hearing conversation happening quickly. So maybe I speak a little bit quicker than than I normally would. But no, uh, auctioneer is never part of the career path. Although to be fair, running coach, podcaster, whatever it is that I do for a living, um, was never part of the career path either until stumbled into it, you know, whatever nine years ago. So, um, so who knows? Maybe I'll stumble into auctioneering at some point and you know be on like uh, antiques roadshow or something like. Although I guess they don't do they don't do auctions on antiques roadshow, do they? Maybe I'll be some some YouTube auctioneer at some point down the line, but. Uh, for now, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't think I speak that fast, but at least I can make noises relatively quickly on occasion. So there's that. Next question for Melody. Did I ask you this already? That's a question. Yeah, I mean, nonsense. I assume that you hate hills now, right? How do you and Rebecca like the hills? Um, I mean, you know, for those that that uh, aren't aren't up on the, uh, the the gossip, not that it's really gossip, the the fact that my life story. Um, a little over a year ago, we lived in Florida and we moved to Georgia. Florida's flat. Georgia, not so much. Um, I mean, you know, I'm I'm used to the hills now. Like, yeah, we we definitely have hills. Um, I'm not I'm not the biggest fan, you know, because it was it was easier to run on the flat. Um, but you know, it, it it is one of those little things where because I have to run on the hills every day in my neighborhood, unless I only want to like literally run a quarter of a mile, I can run about a quarter of a mile from, uh, not even from my house, but I can run like two or three laps up and down the block, um, to get like a quarter of a mile. That would be, that would be fairly flat outside of that. My neighborhood, I mean, we're, we're, we're getting hills, no, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And again, I don't necessarily love it, but it's, it makes it a lot easier when you go to a race that has some hills and you're, you feel confident, you feel trained, you know, it's no big deal. No big deal because I literally run on the hills every day. Um, and then if you get to a race that's, that's a little bit flatter, then, you know, you just got that, that strength from running the hills that now can be kind of translated to flat line, flat course sp- speed a little bit. So, you know, I, I don't love them, but I'm not sad that we've got them. And, you know, not for nothing. I think I've made my, my feelings on this clear over the last year and year and change. Um, living where we live now, infinitely better than living where we lived before. So we'll take it. We'll take it. Miss, miss like one or two things, maybe a couple of people about Florida, but otherwise Georgia for the win. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to speak for Rebecca. I don't think that she actually loves the Hills either, but again, it's one of those where, you know, what are you going to do? Run on the treadmill? Not me. Thessaly would not me, not me. Speaking of the lady from the left coast, Thessaly's got the next question. Next two questions. Feel free to skip this question. If it feels too personal or too vague, what are you most looking forward to working towards accomplishing with your reworked podcast schedule? Um, I'm not going to skip the question. Certainly not going to skip the question. It's not too personal. It's, it's a fair question. I, I actually anticipated several questions related to the change in the podcast schedule slash routine and only, only got this one this month. So that's, that's okay. Um, you know, I, I don't know what, uh, what I'm actually most looking forward to working towards. Um, I think, I think the big thing, and I, and I think that quite frankly, this was, this was something that I struggled with before with the podcast as well, is kind of prioritizing, you know, I've got, I've got a dozen things I want to do, right? Like I, I want to, um, obviously write the second book, you know, that's, that's only been on the, on the back burner for five years now. Um, I definitely want to do more YouTube. 
Um, and I've, I've dabbled in that here and there, but it was never sustainable to try to do weekly YouTubes while also doing, you know, two episodes of the podcast and interview and a, and a quick tip every week. Like it just was never, never really sustainable. Um, you know, I want to do some things to grow the coaching business side of things. I want to offer some other, other things to, to folks that maybe, you know, coaching isn't the right, the right thing for them, but you know, maybe some type of courses, some types of maybe like month long workshops or month long challenges. I don't know if challenges is probably not the right way of saying it, but, um, you know, I've, I've got some ideas of things that I could put together. Some, some things that, you know, some of it would be, would be saleable stuff. Some of it would be just, you know, extra things that, that I could do that, you know, could, could be more on social media, be more again, YouTube, whatever. Um, but realistically, like the list of things that I want to do is still probably too long than what I could realistically plan to do, even with the 10 or so hours that I'm freeing up per month by not doing a weekly podcast interview. Um, and I haven't yet gotten, gotten around to kind of putting that, that list together of like, all right, what's the most important or what's, what's something that's a little bit of a short term thing that I could kind of work on and put together and have out to the world in, you know, a month or two or three. Um, and then what's something like the book that's, that's going to take, you know, it's going to take some time to put together, but of course, you know, the, the clock doesn't start moving until I start working on it. And so, you know, if it's going to take eight months or 10 months or something like that, well, I, I need to start somewhere and make that a, a regular part of the process. But like, you know, can I have two things going at the same time? One that's short-term, one that's long-term probably, but kind of what's, what's the realistic way of breaking that down? Point being, I don't, I don't know what the most important thing is or what I'm looking forward to most. Um, and that's something that I'm working on kind of putting together. Uh, I, I mean, I, I want to get the book done. Like I do want to write the book. Um, I just haven't, I haven't made it the priority yet. Um, and quite frankly, the last couple of weeks, I haven't, I haven't really done a lot of extra work. I've kind of just been shoring up some loose ends and taking care of some things, uh, kind of around the house. And obviously with the holidays settling in now, um, it's a little bit of a crazy, crazy season, you know, for, for a lot of folks. Um, so I probably won't get real serious about being productive with that extra time. Uh, until we get a little bit more into, you know, the first part of the year. Um, not that I'm going to waste that extra time between then and now. Um, but just, you know, there probably won't be a lot of, of progress made on any of the fronts until then, other than hopefully some planning, you know, continuing to kind of work on some of the planning stuff and just kind of thinking some things through and, and trying to make sure that I don't have my cart in front of my horse, trying to keep the horse in front of the cart. Um, so stay tuned, stay tuned, but, but certainly feel free to keep asking, keep holding my feet to the fire. That's fair. Um, and sometimes it's even helpful. So I, I, I don't, uh, don't worry about that question or, or similar types of questions, personal questions, whatever we, we, we bring it all around here. Uh, next question from Desley. I'm sure that I'm not alone in wishing you the best be oh, because of working, uh, wishing you the best success in all that you're working on. Well, thank you. Uh, fun question. What's your favorite way to use Thanksgiving less leftovers? Have you heard about the Thanksgiving pizza? DiGiorno has a limited run of them and I'm super intrigued by it. Um, I mean, I'm, I am nothing if not a simple man. <laughs> and I, I don't think that I've ever tried to shy away from that fact, but the best way to use Thanksgiving leftovers is to open up the fridge and like grab a container and just start eating, right? Like whether it's, it's Turkey that you're just eating cold or, or whether you're putting some, you know, green bean casserole in the microwave for a second to heat that joker up and just, and just eat a bowl of, of green bean casserole or you know, bowl of potatoes or whatever. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not, I, I am a simpleton in most areas of life. I am a simpleton when it comes to food preparation or food, especially re, you know, leftover preparation. 
we're not repurposing. I, I, I would, I would be terrible on chopped, uh, because I'd get, I'd get the basket and I'd just be like, all right, well, we're just going to, you know, cook this and cook this and cook this. And like, like, we're not, we're not, we're not being fancy here. Um, I'm certainly not making a pizza with left leftovers on it. Like, no, 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 no. Um, although I will say this about that, about something totally different, but you know, I like to use the, this about that line, um, at the Earl of sandwich shop at what used to be known as downtown Disney and forever will be known as downtown Disney to me. I don't even know what it is. It's Disney something Disney Springs. Maybe, um, they made it like a, a holiday sandwich that was like, it was, it was Turkey and gravy and potatoes and stuffing and cranberry, I think all in, on like a sandwich. Um, and that was pretty good. That was pretty good. I'm not going to do that though. Like I'll just eat the, the Turkey, you know, maybe I'll dip it in some gravy or I'll dip it in some cranberry sauce or something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, my favorite way to use the Thanksgiving leftovers is to just eat them. Like I'm not going to, I'm not making a dish. Sorry. Sorry. I am t- way too simple for that type of nonsense. But if you want to make a pizza out of it, Thessaly, you do it. You do you. I'm sure it's probably like, it, I am intrigued by it. Um, but I'm not making one of those. No way. No way. But thanks for the questions. Lady. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Next up, three pack of questions from Lewis. First one, serious question. How do you handle running in the cold? Oh, I'm sorry. How do you handle running with a cold? I've been misreading that thinking that it was running in the cold. I was like, dude, you just go run. Like, I, I don't understand the question, but how do you handle running with a cold? Um, I mean, you know, it, it's one of those, one of those questions where the, the, my answer and the right answer are probably not the same. Like I'm going to probably run when I have a head cold, like assuming it's a head cold, maybe even a chest cold. Um, cause I feel like I just, I just, for lack of a better way of saying it, um, I do, I do a better job of, of ridding my body of mucus when I'm running than just about any other time. So whether it, I'm stuffed up in the nose and it just, you know, ends up with, uh, a few good snot rockets out there on the, uh, on the road. Um, but things just start to move a little bit better than they do when I'm at, you know, just hanging out in the house. So like getting a little run going usually helps. Now, if it's in my chest, you know, usually we get some, some, some very productive coughs, if you know what I mean, um, get some things out of the lungs that way. And again, I feel like for me personally, that that tends to work better when I'm, when I'm running, when I'm breathing a little bit heavier than when I'm just in the house and, you know, maybe you feel things moving around when you cough, but you don't quite get it there. And also, Oh, by the way, it's nice when you're running and you can just <clears throat> like right now, instead of like you cough it up and then you got to like get to the bathroom and like, yeah, you know, that's, that's just, is holding, holding things in your mouth for a little bit longer than you want to like, eh, no, thanks. Um, but I mean, you know, probably the right answer is to not run when you're not feeling good, you know, give your body the, the, the break to, to fight off the cold, fight off the virus. Um, and it probably at a certain level, you know, if, if I'm really feeling pretty miserable, I'm not going to force a run, but I mean, if I just have a little, a little congestion, a little, a little cold symptoms, um, I mean, I just, I just run normal. Like I don't, I don't really adjust anything, but that's, that's probably not the right answer. So you, you do you, I know you got your running streak going on, so you're going to, you're going to probably run whether you're dying or not. So, um, keep it simple, maybe slow down a little bit, maybe cut your run a little bit shorter than normal. Um, but, but you know, then there's the, there's the, if it's, if it's above your neck, you can run. If it's below your neck, you shouldn't. Well, again, like, I feel like I'm, my cough is more productive. Um, but again, like, like a little bit of common sense, which runners aren't exactly known for probably goes a long way. If you're, if you're feeling mostly okay, then you could probably handle a little bit run. If you're, if you're really struggling, like your, your, your streak really doesn't, I mean, it matters. Like, I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but like, come on, 
like don't don't give yourself pneumonia to keep your running streak going like that's that's kind of foolish so use use a little bit of good common sense and and if it's if it's a day to break the streak because you know you're you're truly sick then break the streak and don't run um Elite question. Do you think that Kelvin Kiptum will go sub two, maybe even sub 159.40? I don't care. Nonsense question. Will the Lions beat the Packers again on Thursday? Well, seeing as that was yesterday, I hope. I sure hope so. I sure hope so. Um, but I, I I, I don't know. You know. You know. <laughs> you know. I guess I know, too. I watched the game yesterday. Hopefully, I, you know, hopefully they didn't ruin Thanksgiving meal for me like they have, like, every year for the last decade. So, we'll see. We'll see. Thanks for the questions, Lewis. Next up from Heather, have you played DMB for Addy yet? What is the appropriate age to start this with our kids? Uh, yeah, uh, I mean Addie's not like the fan that she should be yet, but she's young and she's you know she's a child and children are foolish and so she'll come around eventually. Um, but yeah, I mean I, I at the, at the risk of making a really bad '90s rock joke, but it was also serious. Like, what is the appropriate age to start playing Dave Matthews for the kids in utero? You know, Nirvana in utero. You get it? Yeah. Um, some of you get it. Some of you of a certain age will get it. Some of you that are just children will not. But, um, I mean, literally, Rebecca will tell you, has told the story of um, Grumpy Baby in, in Belly still um, and Dave Matthews' music calming her down. So I, I think we planted that seed at, I don't know, negative, negative two months, negative three months. Like, w- w- when do, when do pre, pre-born babies start to be able to hear? Like, because that that's when she started listening to Dave Matthews. And uh, pretty much hasn't stopped yet. Although you know she's not as she's not as she's a little more grumpy about listening to it now than she used to be. But she knows she knows Dave. She's she's well versed in uh, Dave isms and Dave speak. Um, and sure, it may not be all appropriate, but whatever. There's plenty of she goes to a public school. She's in fourth grade. She's heard, she's heard a lot worse things on the playground than she's heard listening to Dave Matthews uh, radio. So there's that. But. But yeah, I mean, we we started young, maybe maybe younger than we should have, but maybe maybe you know you just you just do do what you do, and you know that's if that's if that's the uh, the scars that we that we imbued upon our child, then I guess we've done all right. But uh, yeah, I would say go ahead and start playing Dave for the kids, a- absolutely. Uh, next up from Rick, if you run a turkey trot five k, do you race it or do you do it as a fun run? So I I have I can honestly say. Now that I now that I say I can honestly say I need to stop and think. I don't think that I've ever done a turkey trot. Maybe I don't think I have. I don't think I've ever done a turkey trot. There've been a couple that I was I was planning to do, never done one. Although I may have done one yesterday. The plan is to do one yesterday, um, but the plan is to run one run run with Addison tomorrow. Speaking of the child, um, so we will clearly not be racing it. Uh, we, we will probably take. I mean, if if we're, if we're, I hope we're done in less than an hour. Um, we'll see TBD on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously running with, running with the kid, that's going to be a fun run. Um, so yeah, I, 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 but I think, I think if I was ever to do a proper Turkey trot, I mean, if it's a 5k, so I'm probably not going to race it unless there's like, you know, if there's like free apple pies as, as age group finishers, then I might, I might have to drop the hammer, but otherwise, yeah, we're just going to do it as a fun run for sure. For sure. But, uh, thanks for the question, Rick. Hope, hope Thanksgiving has been a good one for you, my friend. Uh, Andreas first question. Hopefully I said that Andre, Andres, Andreas, Andre, 
Apologies for for however I, I hopefully I got it right with one of those takes. I'm sure I screwed it up a couple times, but apologies. But thank you for the question, my friend. First first time question asker. Always appreciate to see new names on the list. Uh, question is next month a good month for an avid racer to take a break for 2024? So I this is a, this is a really interesting question, um, Andres, and I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to say. And apologies if I'm if I'm getting that wrong. Um, please please correct me where it's necessary so I can get it right for your next question. Um, and at the risk of of making everybody chug a lug while you're nursing your your post Thanksgiving hangovers, it depends is the, is the ultimate answer because I think that that in theory December's a great month to really maybe not like not run at all, but to really take a break from super disciplined training because I mean December just tends to be a bit chaotic anyway between. Um, you know, depending on what, you know, assuming that, that you're celebrating some level of, of, you know, December time holidays, um, got things going on. It's at the end of the year chaos. Um, and even if you don't really celebrate much for, for Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa, um, other people are. So there's all kinds, you know, there's work parties and there's school parties and there's all kinds of different, different shindigs. And of course, New Year's things going on. So it's just, it's just a little bit of a chaotic time. And so to just kind of take a little bit of a break from like focused training kind of makes sense. But ultimately I think it comes down to, you know, if you, if you're an avid racer, you, what does your race schedule look like? You know, and, and, and all things equal. I mean, yeah, having a, even, even for the most, maybe especially for the most avid racers, having a month or two where you have some downtime is, is probably makes sense. Um, and also the question is, or another good question is where do you live? You know, I I've thought about taking December kind of off, Several times, but when living in Florida, it's like, damn, December is like the best month of the, one of the best months of the year to, to run. You know, it's actually not 98 degrees and 98% humidity at five o'clock every morning. So it's, you know, maybe the better time in, in Florida to take off is, you know, July, <laughs> Real, realistically. Um, so, so, you know, maybe, maybe, the, maybe, maybe you live in Vermont, in which case, yeah, pretty good time of year to take a little bit of a break. Cause it's, it's, I mean, not the, not the snow all melts before January, but like, it starts to get winter. You're just kind of not feeling it yet. Like, yeah, take a, you know, give yourself a little bit of a slack, slack month, recover a little bit mentally, recover a little bit physically, maybe do a little cross training or some strength training, something like that, and get ready to, to really kind of start hitting it again in early 2024. I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense, but I think, I think ultimately the big thing or where, where I'm trying to go with this is that, you know, kind of looking at your race schedule and, you know, if you're inside of four or five months, like, you know, you're kind of in that base build or you're outside of four or five months. I'm sorry. You're in kind of that base building phase, but if you don't have you know, that first big race until sometime late spring, early summer, you've got a good foundation in place. Yeah. Taking a little bit of a break, cutting yourself a little bit of slack. Um, this is not a bad month to do, or, you know, December is not a bad month to do that for sure. But, you know, again, at the, at the risk of the risk of chug a lugging, uh, it really does depend. It really does depend. Uh, but, but good, you know, there, there's no, never a bad, I mean, there is a bad time for a downtime, but if, if you've got a little bit of a break between races, taking that little bit of, of downtime in your running is probably a really good idea. So if, if that seems like December is the month to do that, then, then by all means, Andreas, do it, do it for sure. But thank you for the question. And hopefully, uh, we'll get some more questions from you in the future, but, uh, appreciate you next up from Rob. I occasionally see post-race photos with people biting their metal. What is that all about? Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know, Rob. I, I, I I'm, sh- I'm assuming that it's kind of, you know, just one of those, um, kind of harkening to, to Olympians that, that, you know, usually have a, a, uh, picture biting their metal or, 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 you know, having their metal in their mouth. Um, and for, you know, 
us mortals that that's as close as we'll ever like like not that we're not that we're conflating you know finishing the akron marathon with uh you know running in the olympics but like you know you get a medal or you get a medal bite that joker don't bite it too hard because uh, it's not gold it's not going to give um but uh i mean i'm assuming that's probably what it's about i don't i don't know that i've ever taken a picture of a, of a biting my medal but i don't know that i haven't so you know to each their own i guess um but I'm, I'm assuming that that's somewhat what it's about, but I don't, I don't really know. I don't really know. I, I'm, I guess I'm somewhat confused with you as well, but to each their own, I think is where I, where I land on something like that. Uh, next up from Jackie, as a coach, how annoyed slash frustrated are you when an athlete doesn't follow the plan? Do you ever drop someone for non-compliance? Um, Jackie, I, you know, I'll be honest with you. And I, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, but then I'm going to try to hedge on what I'm going to say. Right. Um, I don't, I don't want to say I don't care if someone doesn't follow the plan that I put in place. Um, but like, I kind of, I do care, but my assumption when someone doesn't, isn't doing their workouts, um, or, or isn't following to the letter is that they're an adult, right? Like I coach adults. I coach people that, that have their running goals, that have the things they're working towards, um, they're probably not going to be paying me if they don't want the guidance, the help, the suggestions, the feedback. Um, but it's a, it's a two way street, right? And so my assumption is that if, is if, an, if, if one of my athletes is not following the plan, obviously I'm like asking questions, what's going on? How are things going? Like those types of things. Um, but you know, whether it's an injury, whether it's an illness, whether it's just life is, is crazy and busy and things like that. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure just about everybody that I coach at some point or another has, has gone off the, off the script a little bit for, for, you know, sometimes it's just a a week or two. Uh, sometimes it's been months, but I, I don't, I don't get upset by it. I'm not, I'm not frustrated by it. I'm not annoyed. I'm not angry. Um, because I recognize that, that running is not the end all be all for anybody that I coach. And it, it, at least I hope it's not, it's important to just about everybody again. Cause otherwise why would, why would anybody be opening up their checkbook and, and paying me every month? Um, but you know, there's bigger fish to fry out there. There's, there's other things going on. And so, you know, I'll, I'll continue to, to put workouts on there. I continue to adjust things as, as needed. Um, and especially when there's, there's communication going back and forth, you know, cause, and, and, you know, I mean, cause obviously we, we work together, but, you know, there's, there's a section in the, where, where, you know, in the, in the software we use where we have communication. And so if I'm seeing, you know, if, if there's, Hey, this is going on, this is what's happening. You know, this is bothering me or this is life is crazy or this or that or the other, then I, I don't get upset. It just, you know, if, if, if you're unable to do the, the workouts for a while, for whatever reason, then maybe I dial things back a little bit, try to make it a little bit, um, you know, adjusted based on loss of, you know, loss of fitness or just try not to set the bar too high so that you try to come back into running after the, for the first time after a little while. And like, you know, you get demoralized because you're doing too much or things like that or not too much, but you're, you know, it's, it's a lot harder to do X when before X was easy. Um, so, you know, there's some adjustments and things like that, but that's fine. I mean, that's part of being a coach, right? Like, like, I guess, I guess that's how I view it. And, and maybe some other coaches disagree and some coaches will drop you as soon as you, you don't do uh, a few workouts that, that have been scheduled before or whatever. Um, but, but the way I view it and the way I view the folks that I work with is that, um, you're going to, you're going to run, but sometimes life gets in the way. And when it does, 
a big part of what you're paying me for is to adjust things and to offer perspectives or, or different perspectives or different alternatives or things like that to keep moving forward and then to get back on track. So, so yeah, I've, I've never dropped some, I never even thought about dropping someone for non-compliance or for just, you know, letting life happen because whether we want to fight life or not, like life happens. Um, so yeah, I, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. Um, I mean, it just bothers me that, you know, somebody's not able to run like they want to. Um, but that's life, right? <laughs> it happens to all of us. So yeah, yeah. I, I never, never get frustrated, never get upset when somebody's not following the plan because I'm, I, I just, I, you know, I give the benefit of the doubt that like if they could, they would, but for some reason they're not. And so what can we do or how, is there a way that me as the coach can help someone get back on track? And sometimes it's just a matter of kind of getting out of the way, be supportive. Um, and, and, you know, somewhere down the road, we, we pick back up, um, either in terms of getting back together or, or it's just, Hey, it's, it's continuing the conversation, continuing to, to, um, try to support from afar and then, you know, ease back into it when the timing is right. So thanks for the question, Jackie. Uh, next up from CC, any recommendations for snack pre-long run, something greater than 10 miles or two to three hours on the road? Uh, my blood sugar doesn't appreciate fasted long runs at this time. Uh, CC, I, you know, I mean, I no, I don't really have any good recommendations because that's, that's not something that I really dabble in. Um, uh, I, I, my, my blood sugar can handle the fasted long runs and, and I'm not even sure what I would eat at this point before a run. Uh, cause it's been so long since I've really done anything like that. But I, I, as far as the recommendations go, I mean, I, I think that, um, I think that you got to play with some different things. So at the, at the risk of not saying it depends when it depends is the right answer. It depends. Uh, try some different things and, and it's probably not going to be, hopefully it'll be pretty straightforward. You know, whether it's a, it's, you know, an apple and peanut butter or banana and peanut butter, or, uh, you know, half of a bagel with some cream cheese or some peanut, but you know, some type of something that, that, um, kind of sets you up for a little bit more, uh, lasting, energy boost with, you know, some type of protein, some type of, uh, maybe some healthier fats that are mixed in there, some carbs as well, potentially, um, maybe oatmeal works for you, but, but what you're going to have to kind of play with is, is what kind of food works for you. And then what kind of time frame before the run so that it settles in your stomach well enough that you can do your, your 10 or 12 or 14 miles, um, without too much GI issue, but also that, you know, it's not, you're not eating so far in front of the run that, it almost doesn't help you because you've already digested and now, you know, maybe you're not running on a fully empty stomach, but you're also not running on, you know, the, the fuel that you've taken in, um, isn't as, as usable at that point. So it's, it's going to be a little bit of trial and error in terms of, of what fuel sources, um, and what the timing is before a run. Um, maybe, maybe it's, it's just something as simple as, uh, you don't even necessarily need a snack before your run, but like having a little something, you know, midway through, whether it's, it's, you know, bringing like a, um, some type of bar with you or uh, a gel or some chews or, you know, just some type of something to have kind of at the halfway point. And so you, you don't even need to start with any fuel. Uh, but then you just, you just give yourself a little bit of a boost. Maybe it's just a, a liquid, you know, some type of Gatorade sports drink, something like that. Um, that, that could, especially for like a long run, easy run, not race scenario, maybe that would be, be enough, you know, but, but again, it's going to take some trial and error and kind of just figuring out what works, what doesn't, what's enough, what's too much. Um, but I, I, I will always kind of recommend the less is more, um, n- not saying that zero is the right answer, but the least amount of fuel possible 
gives you the least likelihood of GI issues of, um, which, you know, that's no fun, whether it's race day or, or just a training run to have GI issues. So the less that you're putting in, the less likely it's going to try to come out mid run. Um, the other, the other thought, the other suggestion thing that I've played with in the past, speaking of what goes in, what must come out, but you know, I don't know why that triggered it. Cause it's really not like that, but, um, you know, what are you eating the night before? You know, maybe there's something that you can have the night before that, um, will help to thread the needle as well. So that, you know, if you eat a little bit, you know, whatever it is, a little bit, a little bit heavier the night before, um, in terms of just quantity of food, um, or, you know, maybe a little bit, you know, I hate to say carb loading, but you know, some type of, of a little bit more carby something the night before extra sweet potato, or, um, I used to do yogurt a lot the night before a long run, which, you know, may or may not work for everybody because of the, the, the lactose in it. Um, but that used to see, seem to really work well for me. A, a bowl of yogurt with some like berries in it. Um, you know, it, the, on a Friday night and then nothing on Saturday morning, but I would feel a lot better when I would do that than when I didn't. So maybe that could, you could kind of play with some of the night before fueling as well. Um, and try to, again, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a, a unique puzzle that you've got to piece together, but you know, there's different ways of looking at it in terms of just what you eat right before a run, a little bit of snack, but also maybe the night before also maybe during the run to kind of try to, to crack the right code for you to where you have the, the, the fuel you need, but also again, the, the less is more philosophy of, you know, don't put too much in because then it might have some issues coming out one end or the other. Um, which again, not a whole lot of fun. So good luck. And, uh, hopefully you don't have to have too many rough attempts at figuring out the right mix for you. Uh, next up from Tom, we got the Tom trifecta. Tom, how did, how did Tom get his own little musical intro intro? I don't know. Don't everybody else at me about trying to get a musical intro. Tom's got the, Tom's got it. That's it. Anyway, first question from Tom. I ran a marathon back in September and totally bonked in the second half. I think part of the issue is my caloric intake at breakfast the morning of the race. Interesting that this question follows CeCe's question. That's a good tie-in here. I had about 500 calories uh, at breakfast about three hours before starting time, and then about 100 calories uh, as far as a gel about 30 minutes before starting. How much should a person eat on the morning of a marathon? <laughs> is this a one-size-fits-all answer? Um, yeah, I mean, Tom, it, it very much echoes what I, what I said to Cece in that, um, you know, maybe 500 calories is enough, but maybe three hours before the race was too much in, in your specific scenario. Um, it's, it's hard to know for sure. And it, it very well could be, um, you know, it could have been something fluky about this one race in terms of maybe you took off too, you ran it too, too fast pacing wise at the beginning um, maybe, you know, there's, there's a whole host of factors that may or may not have contributed to it. Um, but I think that the, the big thing is that, um, you just kind of got to play with it and try some different things. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe the fueling strategy during the race wasn't, wasn't quite lined up and maybe it was even something that you'd done beforehand that worked really well. But then for whatever reason, this time it didn't like it's, it's, you know, sometimes I, I feel like I've said this before where like, I know that we wanted to all do well on our, on our race day, but like a race is just a single data point. Right. And so I feel like, and, and certainly you'll know this better than I will, but in the conversations we've had, Tom, I, I feel like this has never been the issue. There's been some fueling issues, but it's never been like super bonk. Did that, you know, what was, what was maybe the going on with, with fueling before fueling after whatever. Um, and so all that to say, 
maybe this was just a, a random one-off fluky situation if, if you followed the same protocol that you followed for other races that you've run. Um, now, if this was a, a different protocol, you know, different breakfast, things like that, then maybe there's it's worth going back to what you've done in previous races where the bonking hasn't been an issue and see what that does. You know, see if, if a, a little bit more of a breakfast or changing, you know, having something only two hours before. Because I feel like 500 calories isn't that much, but it, it depends what, what the calories are, right? What, what the food is, how well it sits on your stomach. Uh, but maybe having it two hours before the race would have been better. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know, how much, how much liquid did you take in? Cause that can be a factor too. You can have all this, you know, liquid is a big part of, of breaking down of the, the fuel and, and getting absorbed by the body. And so you might've had enough calories in at the, at the times that you were fueling, but if it wasn't enough liquid also going in, um, maybe you weren't able to utilize the, the, the calories as well. I don't, you know, digestion is a tricky thing and I'm not trying to oversimplify it or not try to skirt the issue, but, um, I don't know. I just, I just feel like I feel like there's potentially there's there's the potential to overreact to one really hard race in terms of bonking and maybe the fueling was really far off. Um, but if it's a sample, you know, if it's n equals one, like I don't know, I just I just struggle to say how much you should eat before. Um, and again, maybe maybe you know, did you eat what you normally would the night before? You know, did that did that could that have had a, an impact on things? Um, how was trained? I mean, there's so many other variables into it, um, that it's, it's very much an, it depends. It's very much, uh, I mean, I don't know what's, what's the bigger picture. Like, I feel like maybe we're, we're too far zoomed in and maybe zooming out would, would, you know, maybe there's, there's a, a more obvious answer or a more obvious clue that you're missing because you're too zoomed in to just calories before the race and, and how that may have impacted things. So it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a terrible answer. And I apologize for that, Tom, but I just, I just feel like, I feel like maybe this is the, the maybe that maybe it was just a calories issue for breakfast and, and timing and things like that. But I feel like there's a pretty decent chance that maybe there's something, something else going on as well that could have, could have tilted the, tilted the odds against you on race day. Um, but you know, hopefully the next race things will go better. And then you can kind of, you know, compare contrast and again, compare to contrast to, to previous races, um, you know, and if, if one of these things is not like the other, then that's, then maybe just, you know, discard the outlier and go back to the, the tried and true formula. Uh, next up from Tom, similar, uh, line of question here. Once I realized that I was bonking, I kept pushing. I finished the race at the finish line. A very kind doctor threw me on a stretcher and sent me to the med tent after a couple of blood, blood sugar tests and a lot of, uh, you know, liquid sports drink. Uh, I was discharged. My question is in the middle of bonking, is it better to grit it out? to the end or to stop and take in fluids and carbs until rehydrated and refueled. The X factor is that I was pretty delirious when I finished and probably not able to make that decision. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I think, I think sometimes bonking is one of those words that we all throw around, but like your definition of bonking and my definition of bonking and everybody else's definition of bonking isn't exactly the same. Um, because I think if you're, if you're really, really bonking, like, I don't know that gritting it in as far as my definition of bonking. And I don't think I've ever bonked to be quite, quite honest for whatever that's worth. Um, but to, to how I understand bonking, I don't know that gritting it out is even an option. Like you can be struggling and you can be running out of fuel or, or things like that. Um, but like, I don't know to, in my mind, bonking is like, you're done. <laughs> um, 
which again, maybe I, maybe I'm I could very well be the one that's missing the mark here. Um, but I think in that situation, like, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the prudent answer, or the, 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 you know, the, the do as I say, not as I do answer is yeah, sure. I mean, you know, stop and sit, sit at an aid station for a little bit, which I know that I would say aid station. Like that's the thing that road, road races have. No, they just have water stops, but they don't have aid stations, but sit at the aid station for a little bit, you know, get it, get a couple of, of cups of, of fluid, let your kind of body calm down a little bit. Um, and then, you know, walk a little bit. And then when you're ready to start running again, start running again. But, you know, in the heat of, of a race where you're trying to push the pace and get it, you know, certain times or things like that, like nobody's thinking straight. Nobody's thinking logically at that point. Like, like I'm going to keep running, right? Like you're going to keep running. Most everybody's going to keep running. So, you know, yeah, you probably, probably should have not kept going or at least, at least really dialed back the intensity and taking a little bit more fluids until you started to feel better. And then maybe you pick it up a little bit towards the end. Um, but I can't in good conscience say that I would have done anything different than you did, you know, because that's what race day, you know, again, like race day doesn't matter in theory, but we all put extra, extra emphasis on race day. We're all, you know, at least many, many of us, I guess not all of us, but many of us put extra emphasis on race day results, especially if it's a road race, a road marathon, things like that, that we're like really focused on and we've been training for, for a while. And so to just be like, yeah, I'm struggling a little bit, but there's only four miles to go. Like, I mean, I, you know, I'm probably not going to just be like, well, I'll just chill here for 20 minutes and try to recharge so I can run in the last four miles with a little bit less, less, you know, difficulty. Like, no, it's just, it's I'm at mile 20 of the marathon. Like, of course it's going to be hard right now. So you keep going. Um, so all that to say, yeah, probably you shouldn't have done that. Or maybe the, the, the right answer is that maybe you shouldn't have, but at the same time, whether you're bonking or not, but you know, maybe you should have, shouldn't have just tried to grind it out, but actually stopped and taken in some fluids and, and, and rehydrated a little bit. Um, but I don't think I would have done anything different. So I can't, I can't find any fault. Uh, last but not least from Tom, the Lions are roaring. The bills are struggling. Any thoughts? I mean, yes, the NFL, um, I have lots of thoughts, but I don't know that anybody really cares too much about them. I think that it's, it's interesting how often a team with a good young quarterback is really good until they have to pay the quarterback. Um, and then all of a sudden the supporting cast has to take a hit. They have to cut a few guys or not sign as many, uh, you know, out, other players outside of the quarterback. Cause the quarterback's taken up, uh, you know, 30, 40% of the salary cap. Um, and I mean, I don't know, I don't know Josh Allen's salary numbers, but I feel like that's, that's what happened in the last year or two. Um, in terms of him getting the, 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 the big extension extension, and then, you know, maybe they can't sign as many free agents. Um, you know, I think the Lions are at a good spot with, with Goff right now and his contract, but they're going to have to probably sign him to an extension this year. And so, you know, who knows? I think, I think, that, that, I think that building a, a team that lasts for more than a couple of years as far as a top, top team is really, really challenging. Um, I mean, I think you're seeing that with Cincinnati right now. Uh, you know, which, which makes what the chiefs have done over the last five or six years, pretty remarkable. It makes what the Patriots did there for the better part of 15 years, pretty remarkable. And maybe the, the through line is, is that like those, those truly elite quarterbacks, Brady, Mahomes, um, that also aren't the ones that are like, they're, they're okay with not being the highest paid quarterback. Um, you know, they get paid very well, but they're, they're, not, they're not the ones that are setting the, the, the mark. Um, I feel like there's something to that, you know, that the ones that go, yeah, 40 million a year, that's, that's, that's enough, you know, for, I could, I could get 45 or 48, but we can use that five or 8 million to sign another receiver or to sign a, another 
playmaker on defense, and that'll make us a better team. And and you know, I'm not starving at 40 million versus at 45. Um, I think there's something to that when you're when you're a high level quarterback, but you're also like, hey, you know what? X X amount is okay. I don't need X plus seven. Um, so so yeah, so we'll see. I I you know I, I'm still I still don't trust the Lions. Um, consider that 40 41 years of having my heart broken by the Honolulu Blue and Silver. Um, so we'll see, but I'm enjoying the ride. I'm enjoying the ride, that's for sure. And hopefully they they won yesterday, but I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'm pissed today because they somehow laid an egg against the Packers, which I, oh. If there's any team to not lay an egg against the damn Packers. You Packer fans, you, oh. Anyway, thanks for the questions, Tom, as always. And hopefully uh, no more bonking in your near or long-term future. Uh, next up from Michaela. So you like musicals insert surprise. Now, what, what do you mean by insert surprise? Like, is that legitimately surprise or like, of course you clown, you, you like musicals. Yeah, I like musicals. Yeah. Deal with it. Um, what musicals besides the sound of music would you watch on a rainy day? Um, what would you watch to introduce musicals to a kid? So, um, I, I, uh, all right. So, so Yes, I'm a Sound of Music fan, but that was that was because I was watching Sound of Music nonstop when I was like six years old. Um, which maybe to answer the second question, that's a great musical to introduce to your kids. Um, you know, maybe something like Mary Poppins is, is another great movie to you know it's Julie Andrews. Anything Julie Andrews is a good one to introduce to your kids as a musical. Um, but these days, you know, if I'm going to watch a musical, which I'm probably not going to watch too many musicals these days, but if I was going to, Chicago is a favorite. Love, I love Chicago. Um, the producers, I, I enjoyed that one pretty good. Um, and then, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm nothing if, again, I'm a simple, simple creature. We established this with Desley's question earlier. Uh, the South Park mu- movie is a musical and it is genius. It, I mean, it's terrible. It's filth. Um, it, I'm, I'm a terrible person for enjoying that, that film. Um, uh, but I would watch, I would watch the South Park movie. Um, and along very similar lines, the team America world police also terrible, also filth. Um, but it's a fun musical, I think. So, you know, I mean, I would watch those, I guess, maybe. I'm probably not. But if I, if, I was, if I was stuck watching a musical, like, probably, I mean, Chicago would be number one. Like, I, I really like Chicago a lot. Um, but, yeah, I would not introduce your children to Team America or South Park, though. That would be, you know, that would be not ideal. Uh, Dave Matthews before that, for sure. Um Chicago, probably not. I mean, The Sound of Music, Mary Poppins, those are good ones for kids. Good ones for kids. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, a good musical. It's fun times. Fun times. Next up from Jason Dennis, the man with two first names, my quote-unquote friend. Jason, we all know that you're just talking about yourself here. Don't don't ask questions for your friend. Just, just you know, just ask for yourself. I, he should say, I am, am three weeks removed from back-to-back marathons been taking it easier on the running but with a previously very big base built is it a smart or dumb idea for my friend no for you to try to pr a flat marathon eight weeks from now um oh man you know i in theory i don't know that it's smart or dumb i think it's i think it's has the potential to be doable assuming that you're you're feeling you know, after three weeks removed from back-to-back, feeling pretty good to go, getting back into to reestablishing the base. I mean, clearly you've got a, a base in place. Like like that, That I think we can be comfortable with saying. Um, but but can you, you know, can you knock out 
four or five weeks of good quality work, you know, over the next, the next month, month and a half between now and, and Christmas, basically, um, to then kind of, you know, slide in, slide into, to taper period right around Christmas through the new year and be ready to go on, on the weekend of the race. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's theoretically doable. Um, but at a certain point, you know, like, like PR in a marathon is, is that's hard on the body, right? That's, that's a lot of effort. It's a, it's a hard, hard thing to do. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with running a bunch of marathons, but trying to race them all is tough. So assuming you just ran the back to backs, which I'm pretty sure you did, you recovered well, get some good work in. I mean, I, I don't know that it's smart. I, is it ever smart or dumb to try to race a, a marathon? I mean, I don't know. I'm, 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 I would do it. That doesn't make it a smart call or a dumb call. Um, I think it's doable, but I, I don't, I, I think it's one of those questions maybe where the answer is that you kind of wait and see and see how the next five or six weeks go. If you can have a good five or six weeks of training where you're feeling good, you're sleeping well, your energy's good. Um, and you kind of get through the holiday period, still feeling good. You get into the taper period. Um, and, and can look at the last, you know, the, the basically look back a month, a month or so from now and be like, yeah, the last month is going really, really well. I think I can go for it. Then you go for it. But I think, I think trying to make that call now, um, doesn't make sense. Like start training for it in terms of quality workouts and then see how, see how the dust settles. And if it, if it lines up, then, then go for it. And if not, then there should be no concern about just running, even running a solid race, even if it's not a PR race, but just running a solid marathon that's flat. Yeah. Go for it. Eight weeks from now. Uh, next question from Jason Dennis, what's your favorite and least favorite traditional foods at Thanksgiving? Um, I mean, I think Turkey at Thanksgiving is, is, is like gotta be my favorite. Um, just because like, I mean, it's it, like, I don't really, you know, I'm, I'm down with like Turkey breast, things like that, you know, just like lunch meat type of thing, sliced, sliced Turkey, uh, you know, any time of year, but like, like I'm not, I, I don't need to have a proper Turkey any t- 364 days a year. But like I've done Thanksgiving a couple times where we didn't have turkey, um, where I was like a guest, and so it wasn't my place to to make requests or to 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 make my opinion felt. Um, but those Thanksgivings where we didn't have turkey, it was just kind of like what, what even? Why don't we just call this Thursday? You know, like we're just having we're just having a get together on Thursday to eat. We're not having Thanksgiving, um, so you gotta have turkey. You just gotta have turkey. Like like end of everything else. You know, I mean, there's other things that I would like, obviously, but like, as long as we've got the turkey, we'll, we'll get through and maybe we'll only eat turkey and that's okay. Um, you gotta have turkey on Thanksgiving just, just for me and not, not everybody, you know, to, to each their own, but, uh, yeah, definitely gotta have th- turkey on Thanksgiving. Least favorite. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm on record as saying that the, the sweet potato mush with the, the marshmallow topping is asinine. Like that's. Like, like that, that's not even least favorite. That's just, a, it's an abomination. Um, so get, get rid of that. So I guess that would be, I, I guess that's, I, I mean, I guess it's like a least favorite. Like, it's just terrible. It's just terrible on, on every conceivable level, like marshmallows on top of the sweet potatoes are delicious and they're sweet. Why are we marshmallows? Get freaking out of here. Get out of here with your marshmallow, sweet potato souffle crap. Be gone. Um, of course you can, you can make room in the trash can for the pumpkin pie as well. Cause that's nonsense. Pumpkin pie. Get out of here, man. Um, yeah, I guess those two, 
are the really, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big stuffing dressing guy. I don't even know what the, I know there's a difference between stuffing and dressing. I guess stuffing goes in the bird. Right. But like, eh, not, not really super keen on, on, on that. Either of those used to probably more. Cause I'm, I'm more of a low carb, no, no gluten kind of guy now. So that's kind of, eh. um, but yeah, let's have some Turkey sides. We can, we can take or miss as long as it's not the freaking sweet potato marshmallow garbage. Just, just give me sweet potatoes. That's, that's, that's good. Marshmallows on top, be gone, be gone. But thanks for the questions, Jason. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving day with your family. Uh, next up from Alex, looking for some ethical advice. Ooh, I don't know if you came to the right place for ethical advice. My ethics may or may not line up with yours, my friend, but I'll do my best. So question, can I use the Amazon try before you buy on running shoes or just simply use Amazon's return system? I wear a size 15, so it's harder to try on in stores. Can I run a few treadmill miles in them before returning or just walking around the house? Um, that's a good question, Alex. And, and, you know, my, my initial inclination was like, go to the store, like the, the local running store. Um, because a lot of times though, I mean, most running shoes, I believe have like a 30 day policy where you like, you can wear them, you know, you can get out and and put miles on them outside. And if, you know, if after three, four weeks, you're like, nah, you can take them back. Um, a little bit harder on that on Amazon, but I, I, I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure that, that, that wearing them for a few miles on the treadmill, um, especially because like you said, you can't just go to the local running store and like trust that they're going to have 15. So it's pretty hard to, to try on shoes that way. Um, yeah, I don't see any issue with that. You know, I mean, maybe don't take them out through the mud. Um, even though you probably could still do that, but like the Amazon side of things might get a little bit gnarly there. Uh, but walk around the house for sure. Try them up for a couple treadmill miles for sure. Um, I mean, I would even say you could probably take them outside for a spin as long as it's, you know, dry pavement, things like that. So, um, yeah, as far as my ethics are concerned, I would sleep very well at night, trying on a pair of shoes, getting a pair of shoes that way, um, trying them on. And if they were a dumpster fire, sending them right back. Like I would, I would not have a problem with that. Um, because again, a lot of times most of the running companies are going to say, yeah, try them for 30 days and, and, you know, no questions asked return policy. And I, I don't know. I don't know. I, you might even could check with that, but like if that's the policy from Brooks or Nike or Adidas or ultra or whatever, um, that policy might still be in effect, even if you purchase through Amazon. Um, the other, the other option would be if, if that doesn't quite set with your, your ethics, um, might just buy your shoes online from the website from the new balance website, from the ultra website, whatever. Um, I don't think the price differential is going to be that probably not any different than what you'd get on, on Amazon. Um, and then you, then you would, you have a very clear idea of what the return policy is. And my hunch is that in most of those, it would be like, you go take them out for 15 miles, you know, 15, 20, 40 miles, maybe not all at one shot, but you could run them outside for a week or two, try them out, really put them through their paces, make sure they worked for you. And if they don't, you could probably send them back that way as well. So, you know, depending on, on how you, how your ethics and my ethics line up, uh, there's a couple different ways to get through that, but I don't think there's any issue with, with ordering a pair of shoes, wearing it. Um, and if they're not right, they're not right for you. And I think you'll be okay with sending them back again, as long as they're not just completely trash, don't trash them, but take them, take them for a few miles on the treadmill, a few miles around the block. You'll be okay. You'll be okay. But thanks for the questions, Alex. Last but not least, Gary Joe chiming in with the hat trick of questions from my man in East Kentucky. First up, Question one, more than a 16-week training block for my first marathon. Should I be longer? Yay or nay? Just depends. Chug a lug. Um, so 
this is, this is a little bit of a, of a tricky question for me to answer because obviously I sell training plans by, you know, that are 16 weeks in duration. Um, but, but I think the more time, the merrier, right? So like, not that you need to be like in a, in a focused build, you know, four five, six months out from your race. Um, but if you, if you count back to 16 weeks and you're like, all right, well, I still have eight weeks between now and then, like, what, what do I do for this time? Like start building a little bit. And maybe, maybe what you do is you kind of, um, you know, look at week one of the plan and it's, it's, you know, calling for a, a seven mile long run. So you just kind of do seven mile long runs for a couple few weeks, you know, in terms of, in addition to your runs during the week. And then you bump that up to eight miles for a few weeks and up to nine miles for a few weeks. And you have a cutback week and then a few more weeks. And by the time your plan officially quote unquote starts 16 weeks out, instead of being at six, seven miles for your long run, you're at 11, 12 miles for your long run. And then that gives you options ultimately. So then during the course of the training plan, if something comes up, something crazy at work, you get sick, you have to miss a week here or there. It's no big deal. Cause you're already, so you're already, you know, according to your plan, you're five, six, seven weeks ahead. You miss a week here, you miss a week there. No factor. Um, you get to do a couple more long runs. Uh, you know, you get to repeat a couple distances. Maybe instead of going from 16 to 18 to 20 miles in the plan, you can go 16, 16, 18, 18, 15, 20 or something like that. So you can, you can, get a little bit more comfortable at some of those longer runs without feeling like next week I have to go even longer. Next week I have to go even longer than that. So I am I'm, I'm always a proponent of, of working ahead, uh, especially, you know, low key ahead by, by just building up the base a little bit more. Um, so I guess, I guess maybe my answer is that, you know, if, if you, if you're eyeballing a race for may start training now again, like not aggressively training, not trying to, to peak in, you know, March for a may race, um, but if you can, if you can make hay while the sun is shining, if you will, if you can, if you can move the, move the, the, the ball down the field a little bit now, um, then, then when you get to the, the 16 week mark, you're that much closer to the goal. You have that many more options, that much more room for, for calling an audible. If I can keep mixing it in football analogies in here, um, as life happens throughout the training plan. So get ahead, stay ahead, but also don't stress about like, you know, the, the, the specifics, like, like rising tide lifts all boats in this situation. So if you've got more time, just kind of slowly, but surely add a little, add a little more water, add a little more rising to that tide. Um, it'll put you in a better place as the race gets closer. Um, whether we're talking 16 weeks, 12 weeks, eight weeks, whatever, the, the further ahead you are, the, the, the easier it is to do that final build. So hopefully that makes sense. Uh, second question during training for a marathon, what's the average weekly mile goal connected to that? How many long runs of 15 plus miles do you build in? Just depends where you have a bunch of sloppy drunks in. Yeah, this is definitely a, ju- a just depends answer. Uh, sorry y'all, but, uh, there's no, there's no way that I can sh- try to sugarcoat this one. Um, I mean, kind of going back to my first question or the first, your first question there, Gary Joe, you know, the more, the more, the, the merrier, the, the more, the better, um, but it all depends on, on, you know, on your base and, and where you, where you're at physically and, and how you recover from those runs and, and also running history. You know, I, I, like, like if I'm, if I'm working with somebody who's training for their first marathon, um, versus somebody who's training for their 40th marathon, well, guess what? The person who's done 40 marathons is probably going to do more long runs. Um, you know, more of those long runs that are 15 plus than the one who's just done the first one, because they might be, they might be, we might be starting, we might be 16 out weeks out from the, the, the race and they're already running 15, 16 miles a week. You know, I mean, like, like my kind of standard long run, and it's not to make this always about me, 
Um, but all things like most weekends, I'm, I'm 14, 15, 16 miles. Um, and I'm not training for anything. So if I were to start training for a race, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to dial my long runs back to eight just cause that's what a training plan would say, right? Like I'm gonna keep my long runs at 15, 16 miles, uh, maybe touch 18 in the, in the next couple of weeks and then back to 16 for a few weeks and then back up to 18 and then maybe up to 20. And then back, like, so I might do all of my long runs at 15 plus miles over the course of a 16 week training plan. Um, that would be, that could be conceivable for where I am for somebody else. Like they might get four or five runs of 15 plus miles. So it, it, it just depends again on, on what your base is like. How long are we training again? You know, if you're starting to train for this race five months out, well, maybe you might get a couple extra long runs in there, but, um, just a lot of variables, a lot of, a lot of things to consider as far as average weekly mile. Again, I mean, we're talking about for some folks, the average weekly miles are 30, 35 miles. Um, for some folks, it's 60 for some folks, it's 80. Uh, it just depends on uh, one factor. Obviously, how long does it take you to run a mile? You know, for somebody who's, who's turning along at eight, eight thirty miles, that, that those are easy for somebody who's at 12 mile easy. Well, you just say, Hey, go out and run for an hour. Well, guess what? You know, that's the difference between five miles and seven miles. Um, and over the course of 16, 18, 20 weeks that, that, you know, and, and how many times are you running per week? You know, are you running, um, you're running three times, four times a week, which you can absolutely train up for a marathon running three or four times a week. Are you running six times a week? You know, um, there's a lot of factors that go into what, what the average weekly mileage looks like. Um, and, and obviously it's going to increase over the, over the, the plan as well as the long runs kind of get a little bit longer. So there's a lot of, a lot of wiggle room, a lot of variability, a lot of, of good, better, best. And, and if good is what's realistic, then good, good is still good, right? Like don't, don't look at the situation of good, better, best and be like, Oh, this is only good. Like no, good is good. We'll take good. Um, and if, and if good is 25 miles a week, and at three runs and, and, you know, 15 and 16, and maybe even topping out at, at quote unquote, just 18. Um, that's okay. You can get, we can get you across the finish line in that type of scenario. So lots of wiggle room. Um, lots of, lots of ways to adjust based on how you recover after your long runs, what your expectations are, what your goals are. Um, so yeah, it depends. It depends y'all. Sorry. Uh, last but not least, final question from Gary Joe. Final question of this month's episode. Apple pie isn't available. What's your favorite post-meal dessert on Thanksgiving? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, at that point, who even cares? Who even cares? There's, if there's no apple pie, well, just skip dessert. Let's go right to the gin. Right to the gin. Um, just, uh, you know, crack open, crack open the gin bottle. Um, you know, we might nibble on something else if there's if there's some... Um, some brownies or some cookies or, or, you know, maybe some ice cream, maybe just a dollop of, of cool whip. Um, we're, we're not, we're not lowering ourselves to pumpkin pie. If that's what you're asking. No way. No way. Um, but I mean, you know, it's like, that's like if Turkey is not available, what else is on the plate for things? If it doesn't, at that point, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, whatever, we're not going to starve, but you don't have Turkey. Well, okay. That doesn't matter anymore. You don't have apple pie. Okay. Well, no dessert got canceled. Um, bring on the gin, bring on the gin. Um, so yeah, apple pie just needs to happen. We just, there's just no, there's no excuse. It just needs to happen. It's that simple. That simple. Anyway, thanks for the questions, Gary. Joe. always appreciate you, my friend. And, uh, that's that. So thanks everybody for the questions this month. 
Um, all all jokes aside, I know Thanksgiving was yesterday. I know it's the spirit. It's still, we're still in the spirit of thankfulness around here. Um, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for uh, uh, so many so many good notes and 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 comments and and uh, emails when I made the announcement at the beginning of the month about kind of pulling back on the interviews. Um, if you if you didn't like it, if you disagreed with it, if you hate the choice, you didn't you didn't tell me. So I guess I appreciate that as well. Um, but a lot of a lot of a lot of hey, no worries. Appreciate you. We just continue to to enjoy what you put out. Um, and so just thanks for tuning in. You know, if, if this was your your first episode, um, if this was your twelve hundredth episode, um, if this was your twelve hundredth episode, you missed five of them. Go back and get those other five. If this is like your thousandth episode, you don't have to catch up on the other two hundred and five. That's okay. I'll forgive you on that one. Uh, but in all in all seriousness, just thanks thanks for tuning in. Thanks for giving my little podcast a chance. Thanks for helping me um, be a part of of whatever this thing is that that we're building um, that has been built so far, and hopefully, you know, continues to grow through the end of this year and into next year and and beyond. Um, and hopefully, um, hopefully you'll stick around and keep putting up with this nonsense and keep giving me questions to answer in the Q and A's and, uh, and, and just continuing to crack some jokes and share some memes and, and have a good time with us. Uh, so thanks. Thanks for, for being a part of my world and, and let me be a part of yours. Now with all the sappy stuff out of the way, uh, what do you think about this, this month's Q and a questions I got right questions I got wrong in your opinion. Let me know at Diz runs on all the social medias, uh, Diz runs at gmail.com. If you want to shoot me an email, you want to head over to the show notes for today where we've got meme and GIF answers to just about every one of the questions. Dizruns.com slash 1205. You want to get your questions answered in a pre- in a future, not in a previous, because we're not going back in time. In a future episode of the podcast, uh, Dizruns.com slash Facebook. Come join the Facebook group or just shoot me a, a message on the social medias like Gary Joe does. And we'll get you, we'll get you, try to get you queued up into the next Q&A episode as well. Um, Thanks to Dry Seats for sponsoring today's episode. Again, we got a, a Black Friday deal going on that's that's only good from the time you're listening to this until the end of business, not end of business day, end of day, 11.59 p.m. Eastern time on Monday, the 27th of November, Cyber Monday. Uh, the code is BFCM23, as in the, the, the initials of Black Friday, Cyber Monday, 23 for the year 2023. Um, that code will get you a, a buy one, get one 50% off or just 25% off your entire order, uh, of whatever you're getting from dry seats. So whether it's a seat cover, whether it's a seat belt cover, cause they got those, you know, you're going to try to keep the funk off your car seat and off your seat belt. They got you covered the, the, the little cover on the center console. That's really what I need to get. I need to get me one of those. If you want to, if you want to add that to your order, ship it to me. I appreciate it. Uh, no, just kidding. Don't do that. Add one to your own order for yourself, but, uh, dry dash seats.com. Again, that's D R I dash seats with an s.com coupon code once again is let's see if we let's see if we can do this with the the phonetic alphabet or whatever it's called um beta foxtrot charlie murphy is that right bc bfcm 23 uh beta foxtrot charlie murphy 23 is a discount code only good through the end of the day cyber monday um thanks to to dry seats for continuing to support the show Thanks y'all for supporting the, the, the dry seats company, the great company. Um, and thanks for keeping the funk off your car seats. And again, makes a great gift for runners in your life or just anybody who has a car. Cause I don't think too many people with cars are like, yeah, let me get, get funk all over my seats. So get them, get a dry seat for somebody this holiday season. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. Y'all thanks for the time. Thanks for the attention. Thanks for, uh, the questions. We'll do this again in a month. Shall we? We'll have some more episodes before then. We'll, we'll do another one of these at the end of, at the end of the year. 
Goodness gracious. 2023 is the hourglass is running out. The sand is running out of the hourglass. But uh, until then, y'all take, take care. Thanks for listening. Talk soon. Later, y'all.